How are we doing today, folks? Welcome to the Introvert Musician Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki P. Uh, we have a different sort of episode today. A good friend of mine uh, was over for a meeting to talk about our next EP, and <clears throat> coincidentally, he mentioned that his sister had been a uh, had played her first show. Um, I know I know his sister. However, I did not know that she had not performed before. And so I thought this actually gave a really good insight into how different people are affected by things they're affected by, I guess, and why they perhaps choose to forego becoming performers and whatnot. So this is going to be an interview with my friend Haley Steinhardt. So here we go. All right. Welcome, Haley, to the Introvert Musician Podcast. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> that sounds so formal. Um, so, for those listening, um, Haley is uh, the sister to one of my bandmates uh, in the Puma Therma project that I'm in. And Brian I've known for years, and I know that he comes from a musical line of people. And so... When I was out playing a gig and talking to Haley, she'd mentioned her band, which didn't seem out of the ordinary to me because all of the Pritchards have bands. It just is something they do. So why, of course, wouldn't she have a band? And while I was uh, talking, having a band meeting the other day with Brian, he's like, yeah, so Haley has her first band. I'm like, wait, wait, what? Her first band? Because you're not, uh, you're not a young lady in the sense of... <laughs> You're not a teenager. That's true. My first band was like, I don't know, I think 12. Yeah. And I've been doing Probably it ever Brian since. Too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about you, how, coming from a musical family, you're just now, there's a, a mom with kids and stuff, getting into music. <laughs> how did it not happen sooner? Yeah. I mean, I can see how that's surprising to you. And um, in some ways, it's surprising to me too. I mean, definitely my whole family is... They're a bunch of creatives. My mom's an artist. My dad's a theater guy, musician. He's been in bands probably since he was 12. Same with Brian, like you said. Um, and, you know, I was thinking about this on my way over here today. Why didn't I? Why didn't I do this sooner? And, uh, you know, I think for me, I grew up with some of that uh, oldest child syndrome crap where you feel like you have to be perfect at everything. And well, it's because you have to be perfect at everything. Right. I know I, know I am one of them. <laughs> so there you go. You get it. Um, and I didn't really know this at the time, but reflecting back in adulthood, I saw the ways that I, as a young person, shied away from things that I wasn't instantly great at. Um, it, you know, if I, if I wasn't fabulous, I felt like I wasn't good enough and I moved on quickly from a lot of things. Now that said, I always sang. I was mm -hmm. in theater, I sang in musicals, I did an outside of school choir. Um, I always sang. Lots of things with lots of other people. Exactly. And lots of things where 
I was supposed to sound like this. I was supposed to sound a certain way for a certain performance, and I did that. And I didn't realize until after college, um, when I moved to North Carolina, I didn't know what my own voice sounded like. I was Mm -hmm. too self-conscious to sing like me. Yeah. And being around a lot of musicians in Asheville, North Carolina, and a lot of songwriters um, that were having music nights, I had never encountered that before outside of my own family, which it felt like, oh, they're the musicians. (laughs) That's not what I'm good at, you know? And... um, Anyway, I discovered what my own voice sounded like Mm -hmm. and how much I loved singing and harmonizing. And that was in um, 2003, 2004. Um, That's a long stretch till now. Right. So I sang in a lot of living rooms between then and now (laughs) and have been saying, one day, one day when I'm pushing 40 out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and... and what I could I know from my own personal experience that I've actually had the time like I've literally been on stage performing since I was probably 12 years old that's awesome and I've been in cover bands doing what I do making money since I was 14 nice and I know even even being out working doing that I have spent a lot of time in my own way like stopping myself from being more than I could be right because personally like while I always kind of thought that I was good I I guess I always wanted more out of people than I was getting and looking for that external validation. And so while I was searching for that, I, I, I wasn't actively selling myself to do the things I needed to do because I just, I mean, there's, there's people out there that are way better than me. Uh, I, now, Eventually, I came to the realization there are a lot of people better than me. There's also a lot of people way worse than me doing way <laughs> more than me. Right. <laughs> Not right. to be a dick, but there are some people out there that are performers that I'm still not not entirely sure how they got gigs. <laughs> that being said, Bob Dylan is very famous, and he sounds kind of like a trained monkey most of the time singing. <laughs> so, um, what do you tell us a little bit about about your band? Uh, in general, I, I I try and kind of focus like what I talk about to cover bands, but that's not what you do. You uh, you jump right into the waters and you're singing original music. That's right. Yeah, um, my band is the Original Waysiders, and what happened the, to the the non-original Waysiders? Did you beat them in a fight? <laughs> yeah, we duked it out, and uh, we got the OG title there at the end. No, I don't know. <laughs> These guys have been doing it four or five years. Um, They're fantastic singers, songwriters, players. Um, They have two main songwriters in the band, uh, Al Strzok and Bill Saltzman. Um, uh, And uh, we are a group of five. Their old lead singer, um, Johnny, was absolutely fantastic and uh, sadly suffered a stroke. And so they were in the market for a new lead singer. Now, I'm interested in... How did you feel taking over for somebody else who clearly was good at what they did? Oh, I mean, it, it was definitely into- a challenge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, a lot of the stuff you've said about um, being in that headspace, I mean, part of our conversation I hear today is, you know, it's like getting over ourselves and, and saying like, wow, yeah, there are people better than me, but there are people worse than me too. <laughs> so I had to, I mean, I went and tried out for this band because I just said, you know what, I'm going to do this. I, I know I can sing in tune, and they're going to like me or not like me, and it's going to be okay. <laughs> and they said, yeah, hey, this is great. 
And then it was like, oh, now I have to learn this whole catalog that, like you say, someone else has been singing so well. So it was intimidating, but I I actually put on this hat and maybe this is the part that's pushing 40 where I'm able to do this better. <laughs> well, but, yeah, I know. I mean, I'm not, not far behind you age wise. <laughs> and, and there is a certain degree. Like I know for me, when I had Irma, a lot of my issues like, oh, shit, like I got to say the bills were coming and I needed to find ways to pay for crap. So, <laughs> right? It's like, this is the only side hustle I know. Yeah. So just the the salesmanship kind of became a necessity. Hmm. Um, hmm. Right about the same time was when I actually met your brother and this is why this is also extra fascinating to me is that your brother is a born salesman or at the very least portrays <laughs> himself as a born salesman. And Working with him, there's definitely, I, I honestly, there's been a, a giant self-esteem boost in that, you know, talking to someone who understands the perhaps more businessy side of things and, you know, dealing with him has kind of helped me internalize that old sales adage. Me and Liz talk about this all the time, the whole every no is just a step on the way to the next yes. And mm. I don't think anybody in the world exemplifies that more than your brother. <laughs> and so... It, 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 it to me it adds to the depth of the fact that so not only do you have you know music, a family of musicians that have done you also have a family full of musicians that uh, understand like how to go out and perhaps be outgoing people and be very forward in things and so it's just it, it's almost mind-boggling to me to think like there's one of you that isn't like that. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'd venture to say I've used that tool in other areas of my life. Okay. I, I, I'm a writer and I own my own writing and editing company that I've, uh, this will be my sixth year in business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I adopted that family trait and used it for things that I could make and say, hey, look what I made. Mm-hmm. Um but reaching the step of saying, "Hey, look at me," yeah. and look at this sound that's coming out of me—that is only like—that is me. Mm-hmm. That that was a whole nother step that took me a while to put myself out there for. Um, I mean, is there? I mean, psychoanalysis-wise, <laughs> I mean, is there is there something that you attribute that to personally, like that you like thing reasons that you have think that's the case, or just you know, you, you just it is what it is. <laughs> I think a lot of times people too often kind of leave it at it is what it is and this right. is just who I am as opposed to growing past that I guess is what I'm getting at. Is there something that you kind of see as having been the thing in your way that really prevented that you from getting to that realization? Or? I mean, you know, the truth is I've spent the last 10 to 15 years doing a lot of personal work and reflection. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really into Ram Dass. I... Uh, studied Reiki and op- operated a Reiki business for a while. I've done a lot of <laughs> had an uh, interesting life. Apparently, <laughs> I've done a lot of um, self growth reading and class participation and stuff, which can sound so cheesy and fluffy. But if if we're saying what's the difference between me prior to that and me now, I think a lot of it is being able to let go more than I ever have mm-hmm. of other people's expectations of what I should be. And their judgment of what I am, mm-hmm. that's still there. Like, I still struggle with that daily. Oh, but it's sure. just way less than it was. I mean, like, honestly, one of the things that I'd like to point out in the show is that this is always, it's a growth thing. Yeah. Um, 
Well, you say that stuff is all cheesy. Honestly, one of the, the biggest things that kind of got me out of the headspace that was in a lot, so much of it is the headspace that you're in that kind of keeps you from doing the things you want. I just thought that that wasn't me. I wasn't that person. And I, and I internalized the belief that I wasn't that person. When I started getting into the idea of entrepreneurship and like mm-hmm. going out and, you know, you have to sell yourself because <laughs> that's, that's the only way this works. You know, and reading, stupid as it is, some of those cheesy business and entrepreneurship books. Yeah. Like, it, it forces, I think it forces you more than anything. I, I, I'll, I will say, influenced by Cialdini literally changed my life in that nice. I think I realized just how much bullshit and, like, how much, like, how many of the things that we think about and happen in our lives have very little to do with anything other than that's just the way your brain reacts to things. Right. And so... I don't know if it perhaps allowed me to shift agency from the person to just, well, that is the way things are, so I can't take it personally when I don't get the reaction necessarily that I want. I need to find out the thing that's going to get me the reaction that I want. Hmm. And I guess it, it allows me to kind of depersonalize in this, in a way that, I mean, I still go out and perform the best that I can perform, but I don't have to take everything as a personal affront to me when there's an issue. Right. Um, so like those cheesy books for whatever you may see, I do think there's a natural benefit to, you know, your own psyche in kind of going through that cheesy crap. Like it does, it seems to help. Absolutely. Whatever. I mean, everyone's going to find their own book, course, class, way of thinking that, that strikes it for them. And I think it's worthwhile to at least dabble in those things and see what sticks for you personally, for sure. No, absolutely. And I mean, between podcasts and Audible, there's, <laughs> it's pretty affordable. So many choices. And and, and like I said, I think another thing is just think, so you're, you're, you're a mom and a wife and all that stuff too yeah. on top of all this. So it's not like you're just somebody who doesn't have a life outside of this. <laughs> um, how is How does that work kind of fitting in? Like, is does the the mom factor in having having a little person weigh in with you emotionally on it? Like I can't tell my kid to kind of go <laughs> and do all this stuff if I'm not at least living what I'm you know what I'm preaching. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, um, go dream big, do anything, yeah. and I'm just going to be here hiding in my own shadow. <laughs> You know, it's so funny, and maybe I should be thinking about that more, but I haven't. It's like, I I think I've tried to be that kind of mom, where I do encourage her in that way, and I'm so excited. And weird as it is, or uh, offbeat as it is, this thing that I'm doing with singing, it was like, you know, the new year came, it was January, and I was like, I need to do something for myself. Mm I am this you know, business owner, entrepreneur all day. And I'm this wife and I'm this mother and I'm always trying to create this perfect world for everyone mm-hmm. else, my clients and my family. And I want something for myself. <laughs> so, so my beautiful daughter gets to tag along with me to band practice sometimes and, and sit yeah. there and see and hear me doing my thing. And I hope that makes an impact on her when she goes to do creative projects for herself, which she already is. But yes, this was so selfish of me. I was like, I need this for me. Well, <laughs> and that's that's awesome 
just to be able to realize that that you know that is the case like hey this is something i feel i need to do and i need to have this in my life um How, if you mind me asking, how old is your, your daughter? Sure, is she that... just turned 10 in December. So she she's like 10 going on 15, and it's very frightening at this point. <laughs> so I was going to say, so you're, you're choosing it like right now on the cusp of teenagerhood to, to try and go, go be out. be a rock star, dude. To go complicate your own yeah. life. <laughs> at least I got the excuse my kid's five and homeschooled. I don't have to worry about all that crap. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um, what do you, do you, one of the things I like to, I like to talk about is uh, goal setting. Cause I do mm. think it's very important. Like, I don't think you really get anywhere without at least having an idea of where it is that you want to get. True. Cause technically if you don't have a goal, you're, you're already accomplishing everything you want to accomplish, which is nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do you have any goals musically that you're, you're trying to go after? Um, or just, just to do it was the, the thing. I mean, for sure, initially to do it was the thing. And uh, just to get back to the cheese for a minute, I'm a yearly uh, vision board creator. So I will sit down with a group of women once at the beginning of each year and rip apart magazines and pick out things that speak to me to inspire my goals for the year. And uh, there's all sorts of, uh, you know, singing and stage presence and and money on this year's board. Um, (laughs) So... But as far as the music goes, I mean, being on stage is new for me. Yeah. It's real. I mean, I've done theater, but I have not been a front person in a band ever. Yeah. And I've done one show, one three-hour show. When I came off of that stage, I was like, I did it! (laughs) So I've got, you know, we've got five or six other shows already booked, you know, through the summer. And um, Nice. So it's really, my goal is to really get comfortable being on stage and continue to experience that excitement. Um, I'm curious about the uh, kind of the emotional side of things as far as, so being on stage, it's one thing to get it over and say, I accomplished this thing. (laughs) Because I know that that is, that's a great feeling, just the the sense of accomplishment. But there was three hours between... yeah. The, the like I'm embarking on this and now it's done yes. <laughs> and I'm curious emotionally how those three hours worked out for you thank you <laughs> thanks for asking I um you know a lot of it was really fun and and there were plenty of moments where I knew like okay these are the songs in practice that I've struggled with the most or where I've missed a note sometimes or I've fumbled words and it's like okay now it's time to sing this song and the anticipation of getting through that successfully mm-hmm. was a big motivator with a bar full of people, some of whom were paying attention. <laughs> and um, I mean, for sure, I, I had a lot of nerves. Um, luckily for me, the guys did let me have my music stand there with lyrics, so that was one less thing to think about. Um, uh, everybody does. <laughs> yeah, gives that's you crap what, about that. Right. Like, like, whatever. <laughs> At this point. Um, Unless you're a tribute act, I don't think it matters. Yeah, right. But no, I, you know, I giggle after the fact because, and this goes to my, my, how I was feeling on stage, uh, a bunch of my friends were there at this first performance and they all were raving at what a nice job the band did and then that I did. And one of my friends just goes like, you know, you can look up occasionally. You can, you can look at people. I was like, shh, shh. <laughs> I know that. It's my first show. Don't make me look at people and well, sing to them. <laughs> and and believe it or not, like I mean, that's a, that's a big step because I always tell people, 
that when I was like for the longest time, I mean, it was probably until like the last two years for myself that a lot of my show was bearing myself behind my guitar and just just focusing on the uh, you know the lyrics in front of me because yeah. it was way easier to not pay attention to those people. Unfortunately, the one thing I will say is so when you're doing that, you're not. There's a lot of benefit and a lot of. Contact, like mm. there's an experience that you get when you're actually working with the crowd that you kind of miss out on, which just really takes things to the next level, I think. And I was I was so afraid for so long about trying to do that, and like, well, what if the people reject me? Like, what's what's hilarious now is because uh, my wife was actually at one of my shows, and I'm I'm a very cantankerous, uh, antagonistic <laughs> kind of person by default. That's just my my style. I have a snarky humor. <laughs> And there's literally, like, when I go up on stage, there's a degree to which I will badger the audience until they like me. <laughs> like, I will I will randomly pick people out of the crowd and say, hey, you, what do you want to hear? <laughs> and and they have the option to either roll with it or don't. Right. And I make it very clear that the show will probably go better for them if they participate and help direct it. Otherwise, oh, awesome. it's just me going to be playing My Chemical Romance covers and annoying the piss out of them the whole night. <laughs> um, so I, I know for I, from personal experience of years of doing this, like, and, and sooner rather than later, work on breaking yourself of that because the fact of the matter is is that I managed to do this professionally for <laughs> 12 or so, I don't know, 12, I know it's got probably 16 years still staring at that mic stand, hiding behind my guitar. And, and don't get me wrong, it was definitely a lot easier. Like the f more people that were on stage for me, the easier it was. Like when, sure. when it really, it didn't, probably didn't matter much until it was me trying to do solo shows. Sure. And then that was just... Well, when you're the only person on stage to look at, you kind of have to be a little bit more engaging to the crowd. Right. You have to. And in the same vein, it's also that much more terrifying because there's nobody else to draw attention right. from you. It's <laughs> it's like the necessity is greater while also the challenge is the greater. The pressure is greater, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's a great goal. Look at people. <laughs> Engage with people. I, 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 I Honestly, I don't think you'll have, have trouble with that when the, when the time there. comes. Um as far as another thing I'm real interested in is so emotionally leading up to that point, like getting through the show is one thing, getting on stage itself is its own challenge. And, you know, even, okay, I'm in a band. How was that emotionally and kind of what actually got you up there on the day of? Like, is, is it the necessity of having to live up to the expectations these people have for you now? Or, <laughs> you know, I am, um, again for better or worse in my life when something when I really don't want to do something even if I have promised it even if I have you know built everything towards it mm -hmm. if at the last minute I truly don't want to do it I am that knee-jerk person that will pull the plug and walk away Oof. I yo it's rough <laughs> it there have yeah. been some rough moments um and what I will say about that is I've never done that on anything resembling like a performance or a, mm -hmm. you know, I, I guess I mean more in like personal commitments and personal life, right? Yeah. Um, so I bring that up only to say 
some of those things go through my mind, like when I'm like nerving out, like, oh my gosh, you could just run away. You don't have to be in a band. Like, it's fine, you know? But but the truth is... They'll, they'll get through it. Yeah, it's like, I, I really love being in this band. I'm really excited about it. And um, the challenge of overcoming my own obstacles to accomplish something actually felt good and exciting in this case. Okay. Even though I was very nervous. I was yeah. very nervous. But it, I, I felt, I feel like I'm at a point in my life now where, um, you know, I, I recognize that I'm choosing this because it's fun and because I want to do it. Yeah. And that the nerves and the fear around it are more false, even though I'm feeling them as real. Well, and that kind of actually works out awesome for me. Um, one, of, <laughs> one of one of the things that I'm I'm talking about doing, uh, as far as a product that I want to launch, um, it's called the uh, the reality check. Nice. And the reason I call it that is because I know for myself, and maybe this is just me, but based on what you're saying, it sounds like it would make sense for you too. Is there is especially with people that this isn't their thing or their most comfortable with a lot of that has to do with the perceptions of our own world and the way things are that makes it that way and i think it goes a long way to just sit back and assess what you have in your life look at the positive look at the negatives and i think that a lot of times when you look at the actual pros and cons list and the good and the bad and you actually look at the tools that you have look at the people around you you have more things going for you than you think but when you get in that mindset of you know of negativity you without question you you make things look way <laughs> worse to yourself than they actually are right um i one of the first episodes of the podcast i did was with liz and it's because um me and her had she's on sounds like liberty with me where we you know i talk to people every week um, we do a, an interview with people that I've never met. Sometimes I've had one Facebook conversation with them long enough to say, hey, why don't you come on my podcast? And when we first, I first brought her onto the show, it was just like a deer in the headlights. She was there, but I'd have to like poke her to get her to ask questions and kind of engage at all. Hmm. A year of doing that and just, yeah. and just, and Personally, she like when we first started doing that, she would have difficulty answering the phone from my sister to set up like you know play dates and stuff with my sister to come out and visit. Mm -hmm. And you know now she's participating in the homeschool co-ops and going out and being engaged. And every now and then I'll get a I'll get a text message about who am I? Who is this person now that <laughs> that's that's like <laughs> that's excited awesome. to get phone calls about let's do things from people because uh, honestly in the course of a year that was not the case prior, right? Um, but a lot of it is when you have this person in your head built up that you think you are that like, I could belabor the shit out of this. I will. I'll just boil it down to say is a lot of this is just realizing that that person is only as real as you want them to be mm -hmm. and you can make that person whoever you want it to be Absolutely. so it sounds like you are you're definitely going the going the extra mile and shaping who you want that person to be and that's awesome i'm glad you're out doing what you want to do um 
you have anything uh, you want to plug as far as this? Hey, your business <laughs> sure. owner, clearly. So if you, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've got a show uh, coming up on, I believe it's a Friday, May seventeenth at uh, the Millard Fillmore Library on Waterloo. It's a couple doors down from the Beachland. I'm assuming we're talking about Cleveland because this does go wider than that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my bad, Cleveland, Ohio. Waterloo Millard Fillmore Library. Um, <laughs> as far as uh, any anything else, where you have people on here, maybe there's somebody else that's into one of your other interests. What's uh, what's your business? Where can they find sure. you for that? Yeah, I'm at uh, soultreepublications.com. That's S-O-U-L treepublications.com, and um, I do writing and editing for all sorts of business owners who are too busy to write their blog or want to do an article for a magazine um, and they don't want to write it themselves. We will or be talking about content. this afterwards because yeah. I hate writing. And <laughs> unfortunately, it seems like I'm going to have to do a lot of that. <laughs> well, that's how I roll, so you let me know. <laughs> oh, thanks so much for uh, coming on and, and doing this with me, Haley. You're actually my first actual interview other than my wife for this particular show. That's so awesome. Thank was, you, Nick. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks.